What's going on, Mail-In crew? Another episode of the Mail-In, live from Austin, Texas. I am your host, Brett Merriman. To my right, my co-host, my co-pilot, my partner in crime, Sally DeFreeze. What's up, Sal? Good morning, Brett. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I had a really weird dream last night. Uh-oh. Hit me. Well, it's not that weird, but I was dreaming that we were recording and that I went Should off I? on this like whole like 45-minute spiel about unrequited love. <laughs> like okay. no one even asked a question about it. I just like talked about it you for just so got the long. Zone. Yeah. And I just I like was lucid enough while I was dreaming to know that I was dreaming because it was like early morning dreams, you know, where you're like half awake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so I kept practicing the speech in my head to like give today. Damn. In my dream. And now I'm like, I don't even know what I said that was poignant that I felt like I needed to say. Do you still have it? Like, do you want to just run it back a little bit? No, because we don't even have any questions about that. I'm not going to like lecture people about that. Oh, well, I could have found one. I mean, that's uh, that's good stuff right there. Some well, unrequited love. I'll just keep it in the back of my head for the next time we have a question about it. Got it. Okay. I've done that before where it's a dream. Something feels like so important or so like so uniquely poignant like you mentioned and then you wake up and like three hours go by and you're just sitting there like why did i think that was I so like important was like fully prepared yeah. at five in the morning to like come in and like give this like really moving speech mm -hmm. but now i don't even remember like my good points that's the problem you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah but in the dream everyone was like moved to tears and shit everyone was like wow it's gonna go in the podcast hall of fame we gotta run it back we should clip it well, I don't know what it is anymore, <laughs> so I got to fall back asleep and figure it out. I've had like, I've had nightmares where that something like that happens, where I'm in the moment, it's the scariest thing of all time. Yeah. And then you wake up and a couple hours go by and you forget bits and pieces of it or whatever, and and then it's just gone. And yeah. Then, okay. Why Why was I so concerned about that at three in the morning? Do you have a recurring dream? No, I don't. I wish I did. I've never had the same dream multiple times. The only time I've ever had... And, and it's not the same dream. It's similar, like, thread of a dream. Is I used to dream that I was texting people. And mm -hmm. I'd wake up, and those conversations never happened. Yeah. And that still happens every once in a while. But that, that would be the only consistent thread of my dreams, was, like, I would dream of texting people. You don't ever have the dream that, like, you have a final and you haven't been to class, like, never. all the time? Absolutely never. I don't, I've never had a dream of, of taking a test. Within my underwear or whatever. I've, I've had that dream before. I've had, in the same vein, I've had a dream where I've, like, been doing an anesthetic oh. on a patient, but I haven't, like, looked at the patient the whole time, and then, like, they're dead. Oh, God. Yeah. But my main recurring dream is, like, probably once every few weeks I have a dream where I'm running from someone, but I can't mm. run. I'm, like, stuck in quicksand. Sure. I've, I've had those. Or and you're just super slow for some reason. So slow, yeah. and, like, I can't figure it out. I think the actual meaning of that dream, though, is that I am just a slow runner. Like, I don't think I'm running away from anything. I think I just am a shitty runner. There's nothing deeper there. And the whole point of that dream is, like, you got to up your endurance. Um, start running more. We should both do that. We should both be running and upping our endurance. No, I don't want to run. Okay, I'm it's out, too. If friends. I sprint at any point, there's something has gone horribly wrong in, in, like, the next 10 years of my life. If someone put a gun to my head and was like, you need to run a mile, like, I would do it because there was a gun to my head but it would take me probably 15 minutes <laughs> which is like walking you can walk a mile in 15 minutes yeah i'd, I'd say so right yeah i think at my fastest uh-huh adrenaline pumping through my blood maybe maybe i can run a 10 minute mile maybe <laughs> and that's like me sprinting that's how bad i am at running oh boy like i hate it it hurts my lungs 
Yeah. My legs don't work that well. Me neither. I don't have I a good stride. I run weird. I know that I run weird. We were not born to run. No, so it's not. We're. So, I, 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 I feel care. like we're of similar genetic makeup as far as like our ancestry. We're not runners. We're not born to run. I get like a random itch like every few years where I'm like, yeah, maybe I should run like a half marathon. And then I'm like, what am I talking about? I don't even want to do that. That does not sound enjoyable at all. I don't get the people that do. I get like the, there's a, some sort of goal setting and stick to a schedule and a script. And then you conquer this goal and it's, you know, it's introspective and, and something beautiful. I don't have that in me. I'm like, I'd rather set a goal at, uh, xyz that's not running that's just me but then there's people like my sister and brother-in-law who like i think my brother-in-law could like legitimately go run a marathon without even training for it because he just likes to run Mm -hmm. yeah and that's he runs long distance all the time so just be like yeah okay they do nine marathons and you know i'll make a sign for the first three but number four like i'm hey i'll catch you at, at Matt's afterwards. Yeah. Like I, we, I'm not cheering you on mile 18. I'm happy for you. I know you're going to do it well. I know you're going to finish. Uh, I'll see it, Matt's, with a margarita in my hand. I have a friend, shout Uh-oh. out Kate, who ran the Boston Marathon when she was 20 weeks pregnant. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why? Because she'd qualified. And, you couldn't, <laughs> and she at was the just time, like, well. You couldn't defer. I think you can now. Oh, yeah. But she couldn't. So she was like, okay, I'm going to run it. She finished it. Oh, my God. Good for her. <laughs> but like a kind of a wild story. I yeah, but she finished it. That's that's incredible. Yeah. Well, she See, is that's a better somebody who likes running. Person than I, yeah. I just don't like running. It would be one thing if I got When I was 20 high, weeks pregnant, I didn't even want to walk a mile. Like I'm just, Yeah, I'm all set. Stairs are difficult. But if I got a runner's high, if I got those endorphins, like I do hot yoga, I feel fucking awesome. Did it last night. Feel great. Uh-huh. Awesome. Want to do it again. Running, I have never wanted to do again in my life, ever. Do you think we've talked about running enough to be added to, like, the running podcast charts at no. this point? But did you see where we were the number four uh, how-to podcast last week? Wow. Which, you know, that's the one. Not bad. Yeah. Hey, I have something for you. Have you heard of the 260 sample sale? No. Ugh, you should. I got $90 pasta bowls for 20 bucks. It's this thing. Shouts to intern Callie. Okay. Who turned me on to it. Uh, it is, I remember it from New York. It, it, it was a physical sale in New York, right next to where the Barstool office used to be. Yeah. And people would line up out the door for like every, once every couple months or so, once maybe once every two months. Lines like half a mile long wrapped around this block. Okay. And of course, 22-year-old me was like, oh, that's dumb. Like, why would you ever wait in line? Apparently, it's these extremely uh, – well, what's the word I'm looking at? Just, just brands that are normally pretty expensive or, or So you high went tier. to one in Austin? No, they do an online version of oh. this thing. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm exposing the secrets here. Yeah, you are. But like, I, got th- I got this. This is an Anya, O-N-I-A, Onaya. I don't know what that. I don't know what the brand is, but it, it's sick. And the, every price is like seventy-five to eighty percent off. Okay. So I got dope new pasta bowls for twenty bucks. Cool. And they're like, 90. I was like, I, I'm just so excited. So I, I figured you would know about it. No. 
But you okay? So we'll we'll, no, I'm we'll talk on after. Tony Clover Lane sample sale. That yeah, I don't right. Do I just about. I'm gonna get my sister. If you're listening to this, I just got you a backpack for your birthday. So Tony Clover from Tony Clover. Yeah. Well, there you go. Anyway, this is the mail-in podcast. We answer questions. Maybe have a have a laugh. Usually we talk about hair or something like that too. Just some some, some sort of sales, tangent. Apparently. Sample sales. Uh, and and maybe, ideally, you walk away with something useful. How can you help us out? Please tell a friend about the pod. Send a clip. Just add them for making a clip or clips. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Follow on Spotify. Hit the hotline number, 888-362-MAIL. That is 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at Mail in Podcast. Hit up the store, washmedia.shop. And hit up the YouTube to watch us in person. I've been told we are a very good watch. I actually did my hair again today because last week did my hair. We had, didn't have a video. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to put some more effort into it. I, I appreciate it. I think you look good all the time. But Thank you. I looked like shit earlier. But I did <laughs> get a little done. A little spruced up? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Should we get into it? Let's get into it, Sally. Do you want to go first or do you want me to Yeah, go I'll go first? first. Let's do it. Dear Sally and Brett, first time, long time, love the pod, keep up the great work. My question is about doom scrolling and how I can get my girlfriend to stop doing it as much. For context, my girlfriend and I have been together for four years, both in our late 20s. She's a fan of TikTok, which while I personally am not. There have been a number of occasions in the past month where she has come to me frantic or anxious because of a TikTok she saw ranging anything from very serious issues like women's rights, environmental dangers, etc., We're on the same side of the political spectrum, by the way, and live in a very blue state for what it's worth. To most minor things in the world, like a recall on frozen strawberries when we don't even have any in our freezer. I'm happy she's staying informed about the world and around us, and I'm all for having serious conversations about the political climate or things that directly impact our lives and the state we live in, but I cannot deal with the crisis of the day that our conversations have turned into. She's anxious more often than usual lately, talks about moving out of the U.S., out of nowhere with zero actual plan and seems to think the sky is falling when in reality it's a very small and isolated issue that won't impact us. How do I help her realize how damaging this doom scrolling pattern is for her mental health, especially on TikTok where it plays into what you consume pretty aggressively while supporting her desire to talk about heavy hitting issues, which couples should talk about together anyways. Interesting stuff here because I find myself getting into a doom scrolling pattern. I'm a doom scroller. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the algorithms and media companies and they all sort of reward the most engaged with content that's sort of how an algorithm works and right. those things and tiktok does a great job of kind of locking in onto something that they see you watch for a long time and it's like oh i'm gonna watch this about something with the climate and then yeah. they will serve you video after video that sort of becomes a self-fulfilling doom yeah right so i think to tackle this question, you can't necessarily just say you're wrong, they're wrong. That's that's you know uh, yellow journalism. That's this hy- hyperbolic information that is not immediately true and needs nine other sources to fact check. You, I don't necessarily think like while that may be what you want to do, you come at it with information first about what is happening and say, yeah, TikTok is preying on this idea you have. And they are you're doing it every day. And the more you consume and and are are seeking out something to be worried about, the more it's going to happen. 
And it's like you kind of just have to explain the structure to her first yeah, and why this is happening when it could very easily be the other way. And also the vocal minority aspect here yeah, gets played up so much. And, and that's across the board, but especially on these apps that are serving you content in, in bite-sized pieces that are meant to hook you in one way or the other. And anxiety and fear are a really good way to do it. Yeah. I mean, that's – so I – do not have TikTok for this mm. purpose, honestly, because I know myself and I'm really prone to doom scrolling, not even doom scrolling, just mindlessly scrolling. Mm -hmm. um, so I purposely have never downloaded TikTok for that reason. Uh, I already have a problem with that on Instagram and Twitter, and I, I have had to in the past completely delete them off my phone so that I wouldn't be apt to do it. I think what's important is... I, you, it's not, I mean, coming at it with facts and like reminding her things like that, but it, it's also, you're there to support her. So like, make sure that you also are being like, okay, I know that that's concerning. Why don't we get off our phones for a little bit? And if you want to watch the news, we can, which is still very depressing, we can watch the news. But I, I think you, you kind of have to hit it from two angles. One, what Brett said, like, Hey, let's remember what, what is happening what's here. happening and what the media is like meant to be you know the their whole thought process of feeding you this information to make you just go down further rabbit hole mm -hmm. which to be fair the pandemic only like we were already like set up to be like that and then the pandemic made that a thousand times Overdrive. worse because we were all at home thinking we were all scientists and experts and things like that on everything not even just about covid but like in general, the entire world. Mm -hmm. um, it's really important to, for me and for Will to remind me to like exactly what you said. Not everything is true that you see. And we make fun of our parents for like being really prone to the fake news and seeing, you know, like thinking the AI pictures are real and things like that. You really have to think, step back. And have a critical eye for what you're consuming. And that it's hard when you're being served shit over and over again that are going viral and all these people are pushing at you. So reminder of that. But then also I think just for Will, for me, like when I've – it's been happening with me, Will's like, hey, why don't you put your phone down? Let's like watch something mindless or take a walk or just like – whatever you're doing, stop what you're doing and let's do something else. Mm -hmm. For me, that tends to work because I like get my mind out of the rabbit hole I've gone down and then I don't have time to think about like all of the things that my existential dread, you know, revolves mm -hmm. around. Um, find what works for her. For me, it's been like reading has helped, reading like fiction books has helped. Um, but even like, I, Will and I basically started enacting a rule that when we're together, we're like, put the phone down. Mm -hmm. And there are times, and I've said this before on this podcast, or at least with Will, where like sometimes I do just need to decompress by like staring at stupid shit on Instagram. Yeah. But like give yourself 20 minutes. So if you, if that, if like giving her a boundary of like, hey, we're going to start 20 minutes only, give yourself a time limit. I think you can even still do that on your phone where you like set on mm -hmm. your phone like how much time you can have before it like pops up. It's like, do you want to keep doing this? So give yourself a physical time limit and then 
do something that's going to take your mind off of it, whether it's watching MTV's The Challenge, I suggest, great show, uh, or going for a walk or having any conversation that doesn't revolve around any of the myriad of things that TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, are throwing at you. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to get caught up in this, though. And, and then yeah. it's really easy to become like an activist from your couch. I but was then just about to say this girl feels like a helper. Like she is trying to solve the puzzle. She is trying to actively intervene. And the more she consumes, the better prepared she's going to be to do that in her mind. Well, and, and here's the issue. And this is something that I realized I was doing is with everything that's going around us right now, whether mm -hmm. it's women's rights, whether it's gun safety and gun laws or anything like that. It's really easy to like start reposting shit other people are posting and be like, yes, exactly. This is exactly how I feel. And then you're just like a voice lost in the sea of other voices of like virtue signal signaling. Mm -hmm. And I was like, probably a year and a half ago, was like, what am I doing? Because I'm not actually taking any steps. I'm just like posting shit. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, okay, if I actually care about this, this is another way you can like kind of steer your girlfriend to like picking one lane. It's like, okay, if you're going to, be really, really stressed about something. Take action by like calling a representative, volunteering for a group, volunteering your time or money or whatever. So part of the like my reasoning of like kind of taking a step back on that recently has been like, okay, if I'm not going to like spend my time and money supporting a cause that I feel is important to like post shit about, then I don't really have the say or like the leg to stand on to be sure. posting shit. So I've been trying to be better about that of like, if I'm going to be supporting something, so tell her like, hey, okay, I know you're super stressed about the environment. Let's go volunteer. Let's go like clean up par a park mm -hmm. or like volunteer with Greenpeace or whatever it is that you want to do. And then use her anxiety for good because that's the other part we sit there and we just get so anxious and like stressed but then we don't do anything about it besides sitting in our house being anxious and stressed yeah lastly i would say kind of a way to approach it with her would be ask what the incentive is for these people posting right so ask her so why, why what are they incentivized to to provide this content this sort of doomy content the more reach they get, the more likes, retweets, right. TikTok views, et cetera, the more their profiles are raised, right? So there, there's like a, why are they doing what they're doing? They're trying to be bigger. They're trying to be a, a, a monetizable thing on TikTok. So they can like ask her why they're doing what they're doing. And it's not just going to be, well, they're trying to spread awareness. Like, yeah, maybe in some cases, yeah. but the people that are consistently posting hyper- partisan or hyperbolic bullshit trying to get people worked up about uh the russian invasion of ukraine chinese propaganda gun violence gun safety like there's a lot of stuff that is taking nine steps past the one step that has been taken yeah and you have to understand that doing that on tiktok raises a profile and she is she's falling into that trap basically that people are intentionally trying to set because we are a population now that is hyper sensitive to information because we've been cooped up for three years. Yeah. And that's important to realize that there are incentives 
for companies to keep posting this stuff like TikTok because it has crazy reach and more people engage with it. So their ads work better. There are, are incentives for people to post this stuff because it's served to more people and they get more views and they have this sort of self-inflated importance because now they're a voice for the voiceless. And there's incentives for you to keep watching it because it's sort of fulfilling your own desires one way or the other. And yeah. so it's giving your brain that hit of like, yes, 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 yes. And so it's this awful feedback loop that we are trained, especially on TikTok or Instagram Reels, to follow. And so just if you can explain it to her, kind of break it down bit by bit and say, hey, let's get off the carousel for a little bit. Let's get off the edge scrambler ride that you know we're programmed into and do something that you know we can still do in this country. Like she talks about moving out of the U.S. on a whim. I, I, I get there's people that have that sense. I will never. I love this country. But and, and there are things wrong with it. Don't get me wrong. But we can still go to the Olive Garden. We can still drive down the street and go to the Olive Garden. Right. And like I, I, I find myself if I ever get to the point of doom scrolling, and like we're not going to be able to do this, we're not going to be able to do that. You know what? We can right now, and life is about the present. So yeah. go do something that breaks that feedback loop, even if it's for twenty minutes. Like yeah. you mentioned, read the challenge, write a book, write a write a screenplay. Like write write down what you're feeling, yeah. so that you can go back later. Like having a nightmare in the morning and say, oh, my God, I was freaking out about this because of nothing. Yeah. I mean, I think addressing her mental health is probably the best way to do it. Also that. You're concerned. Yeah. I mean, you also have to remember, like, TikTok currently, I we were talking about this last night. This is the only reason why I know this. Has, like, a full just corner of, like, flavored water. Like, are we doing that now? <laughs> Where people just, like, can't drink water and they have to, like, put pina colada flavoring and, like, cotton candy syrup. Right. It's crazy. To drink water. I, Sally, I know. it's. It, That's it's my just, shower I, thought. I, like, I cannot bizarre. believe that this exists and these people, like, remember when people were like, oh, Crystal Light, get that water in by, like, drinking Crystal Light. You're like, really? You can't just drink, like, 16 ounces of water without flavoring? And now people are taking it so far, they're like... <laughs> just making I know I know pina colada I, cotton candy water <laughs> anyone I'm so concerned about our country <laughs> that's that's my dream scrolling I'm like this part of the population boggles my mind it does right it's it's the the idiocracy that I find that's how I like, like this is why I'm able to separate myself mm -hmm. from the doom scrolls like yes I've like gone down a full rabbit hole about women's reproductive rights, but there also exists a corner where people are like making, I don't even know if they still do this. I know this was a big deal a few years ago because Will made a parody one, but like dudes singing country songs and like biting their lip and like winking at the camera. Oh, I know. I mean, That's a whole other part of the population. So like, do we really need to trust these two things that are on the same platform? I know. Sally, Could you know. imagine just... if you turned on CNN and they're like talking about like the the document leaks from the Pentagon and then it flips to a video of a dude singing a country song and like like talking about how he would like I I can't I know talking about like hey what's what is your thought on the on the <laughs> nuclear arms treaty that Russia's potentially avoiding and and it's like what what I don't know yeah. I don't know but you know what would be a good thing to do to get off this thing for a little bit to like 
increase your health and like not drink flavored water? How about some green chef? Yeah. How about some green How about chef? some real food? How about some real food? Not processed real food. Not processed real food is what Green Chef does best because they send you the ingredients to make your meal, not just a, a ready-to-go thing, which there are time and place for, but Green Chef allows you to be your own boss. They give you the tools, Sally. To be a chef. To be a chef. In honor of Earth Month, Green Chef is offering a collection of brand new, limited-time-only recipes made with sustainable organic proteins, produce, and eggs, plus ingredients with a low-carbon footprint. How about that? Choose from 30-plus recipes weekly with the option to mix and match meals from different dietary preferences in the same box without changing your plan. Like, you can order vegan one day and keto the next. I know uh, your husband, Will, is very into the Mediterranean diet. He's super into the Mediterranean diet. Uh, people were calling him a little pesco. Okay. I did not know that. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. Like I said, keto, protein-packed, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, and gluten-free are all options that you can get. What's let's Let me – this is live here, folks. What is on the Green Chef menu this week? Let's take a look. I will decline that offer. All right, here, bear with me. Here we go. Thai coconut chicken soup, blackened shrimp and grits, almond-crusted pork chops, kidney, southwest spiced turkey salad, baked ricotta chicken with pesto green beans, Greek pork couscous bowls. Oh, we've had those. Those oh, yeah. are delightful. 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 Uh, me, personally, I'm going with the Parmesan spaghetti squash with organic chicken. Spaghetti a, squash is a like a cheat too. code. Yeah. So good. So I said this before. I let them pick my menu. I don't even go on there and pick it. Because every it. time I get something, I enjoy it. And it's fun to make. Right? You feel good about making stuff. Yeah. So here's your deal. Go to greenchef.com slash mail 60 and use code mail 60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Again, greenchef.com slash mail 60 and use code mail 60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Uh, Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. So we have a voicemail. We actually have three voicemails wow. today. Randy, would you mind? Huge. Hello there, Malin crew and any other assorted life experts you may have with you. Uh, I want to kind of just take a moment real quick to shout out Alex and Tori on their recent engagement. Uh, I know Alex called in here once for, I think, early dating advice. Um, but anyways, uh, moving on from that, I am also engaged um, in the process of planning a wedding. And I've run into a situation I would could use some advice for. I have two very close friends. Uh, one of them, best friend from college. Uh, I was the best man in his first wedding, which didn't work out. But it would seem that if he gets married again, I'd probably be the best man in his again. Um, kind of, you know, very close, lived together for a while, all that jazz. Uh, on the other hand, I have another friend who I was very close with in high school. I became very close with after college, after I um, moved back, so we're both in our hometown. He's the one who actually introduced me to my fiance, um, and we're super close now. And so I'm kind of at this point where both of them are very close to me. It's not going to be a huge wedding party. So having like 
more than one best man seems weird. Um, but I'm just not sure about how you go about choosing kind of the better of your two best men. And when you do choose one, how you let the other one down lightly. So that all seems kind of rambly, but I look forward to any advice you guys have. Thanks. This one's easy for me, Sally, because I'm in the same boat whenever I do get married. Okay. Uh, Co-best men. I know he said it's weird. I know he said it's whatever. It's just you have your two boys with you. That was going to be my suggestion. My other, after hearing it, because I saw it on the rundown, we didn't like know the backstory. Mm -hmm. I think it's easy to go second guy who introduced you to your fiance. Mm -hmm. He like knows you both better, you know? Uh, But I think even if it's small, I mean, personally, if it's small, just have both of them and then don't have anybody else. Sure. You know? Always an option. I like, think that's that's a great move. Or you can do the thing, you know, religious kind of things aside. If you want to have one be the efficient uh-huh. and one be the best man, that's an option. Um, I get if the hesitation is, well, she's got like her diehard maid of honor and she's only doing the one and then you have the two and then it looks, you know, wonky. Yeah. I get that. But I think you just go co-best man. I think we honestly at this point have stopped – caring as much about the like symmetry of the wedding parties unless mm-hmm. you're like one person has nine people up there and the only other person only has three but like yeah, yeah. i mo- recently more recently i would say in the last few years i've been in ones where we like either the girls have outnumbered the guys sure. or vice versa and so you just walk down the aisle with like two people on your arm instead of one mm-hmm. no one really is like sitting up there being like okay and also the best man thing it's like Probably you're close enough with these two guys that each of them is going to make a toast regardless mm-hmm. at the rehearsal dinner or the wedding. So, yeah. like, let them both make a toast. Let them both share the duty. Have them in the program. I don't even have a program at my wedding. I don't even know if people do them anymore, really. Yeah. You know, I think I think co is easy. Even, even if there's four people and two of them are co, who cares? Uh, absolutely. I think it, it's... The we're we're at the point with weddings where I think the traditional traditionalist like titles and arrangements are kind of not necessarily a thing of the past, but they're loose like guidelines at this point. You can kind of do it. You call your best man the sergeant at arms if you want to. Yeah, just like hey, you're the the vice president of the wedding. Like, I think I, you, whatever fucking title you want. If you if you want each of them to have a different role. Have the second guy who knows both of you officiate if you're not, like, getting married in a church. Uh, Or, you know, if you, like, are doing something small, then don't want to have one at all and just have four dudes. Mm -hmm. I don't, like, I think there's a lot of ways to go about it. Mm -hmm. I don't think that anybody's going to get super butthurt. Like, it would be different. I think the only time this really causes drama is if you like have a sibling, mm, and they don't get the nod. Yeah, yeah, I I did that. And uh, I've also been a part though where like the sibling is not that close mm-hmm. in age or anything, and then it like makes more sense to have like your best friend growing up. I just think some of these things seem really dramatic to the person who's going to make the decision, but in reality, everyone else doesn't really care. Yeah, exactly. 
If it's you a, really a, don't want to cause drama, ask your dad to be your best man and then have the other two guys be groomsmen. Easy. Uh, or like, it, I just think it's it, it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Obviously, all of our whole paradigms are like revolving around ourselves because we are inherently selfish people. But like- We are the main character in our own story. Exactly. So. And I think a lot, especially with weddings, people are like, oh, I'm so worried. Like, if, am I going to piss this person off? Maybe for four seconds, but like if, again, and we said so many times, if somebody lets that decision dictate their whole life to the point of like ruining their friendship with you, maybe they weren't that good of a friend in the first place. So like do what feels best for you. If like, if, if you feel really like a strong loyalty to the first guy, cause you were his best man, whatever, that's an easy decision to fall back on. And then have the second guy like do a reading at the wedding or also make a toast. Mm-hmm. But none, neither of these guys would be like, oh, what the fuck? Like, Agreed. He didn't ask me? Agreed. It's it's such an easy conundrum to solve because you can provide enough responsibility to make them both feel right. integral to the wedding. No problem. I th- The only people who care about being in weddings and not being asked are like 22-year-olds who it's their first wedding and they've yeah. – and they, know, they don't. They, they have this picture of right. Perfection. And they like see it like it's the movies, and then they actually are in a wedding. They're like, oh, actually, like I would much rather not have the responsibility. I mean, people, yeah. You either whatever you do, you're not going to make a bad decision. Randy, you have two brothers, correct? Correct. Have you guys discussed the uh, the sibling best man situation? Oh, I don't think either of them will be their best man. They'll both be standing up in my yeah. wedding, but. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no. So uh, it's easy. You, yeah. you like, and you don't feel a, a terrible guilt about that. No, nope. because you're just like, hey, you guys will be there, best man, no worries, and see you at the bachelor party. Yeah, I think I was technically maid of honor at Lily's. Shouts. Uh, there's four sisters, and but we like all kind of split it evenly. Honestly, like her best friend planned more of the bachelorette party than I did. Like, yeah. Because I was in school. And oh. I I was the one standing next to her, like, physically the closest. Mm-hmm. But, like, that didn't mean shit. Besides, I, like, held her bouquet. Yeah, exactly. But, like, all of us made toasts. We all, like, were in all the pictures. There was no, like, special just me moment. And that's the, – the, we are so getting away from the traditional wedding. Even if you have, like, a full-blown traditional wedding in a church with all the stuff, with a full sit-down dinner – People have gotten so far away from mm-hmm. that that you can make the rules however you want. Make the rules. It's your wedding. Call your call your your groomsman the 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 vice chairman. I, I mean, you can make, make you can fun. make your other friend who introduced you to your fiance be her man of honor if you want. I sure. Mean, like, who gives a shit at this point? I'll tell you. You you mentioned that uh, your best friend did more of the planning on stuff, or, or Lily's, but whoever it might have been, uh, like. To my co-best men out there, if you're listening, you will don't worry about the bachelor party planning. Like, we'll we'll get that taken care of outside of y'all. They're not the best planners. Yeah, I've <laughs> I've planned. One of my really good friends, are me and another friend planned her whole bachelorette party in Cabo because yeah. her her uh, maids of honor were her cousins who were younger. Yeah, and, and neither like, of them could even go to the bachelorette party. So we were like, okay, cool, we'll handle it. Yeah, no one cares. No, nobody cares. No one but cares. But congratulations. And again, congrats to Alex and Tori, who are backers that met through Washed on their engagement. Congrats. How about the next one, Randy? 
Caught, caught Randy off. What's up, guys? I live on the second floor of a three-story building in Orange County, California. And the guys below us, uh, man and woman living there, presumably, are just fucking awful. Um, constant screaming matches between, like, 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. I usually hear it when I come back from the gym at about 6 in the morning, but... Some mornings, like this morning, it woke me up at 3.20 a.m. Like, I know this dude is a country club chef. I'm a country club chef. I'm not a chef for you. Like, I kind of want to call the fucking police or call the leasing aid department or, or, or something and make a complaint. But also, it's like, abusive situation, question mark, please advise. This guy's a great storytelling ability. <laughs> okay. I'm a country club chef. I'm not your chef. <laughs> yeah, when do you when do you when does the line cross uh annoyance to concerned neighbor? Okay, I think the courteous thing to do is to approach them first. Yes. Like either knock on the door or leave a note in the vein of like, "Hey, we live above you. We hear a lot of your fights. We can hear a lot because the walls are thin, mm -hmm. whatever. If if you wouldn't mind like trying to just be cognizant after hours." Yeah. You know, just let them know. Because if they if it comes out of nowhere, they're like, what the fuck? I know that Dylan had this issue with the neighbor who lived mm. maybe below him or above him. He I can't above remember. above him, right? And she would complain like when Dylan would like sweep. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, it's really smarmy to just straight up tell the leasing agent without giving the other person a heads up first. Agreed. So I think you give them a heads up like hey it's we just like it's really loud uh, maybe vice versa maybe you hear us if we can like try to keep it down after 9 p.m do you allude to the argumentative nature at all or are you just is it just kind of a noise thing at that point we we can hear some of your conversations and okay. arguments so sort of like a not necessarily passive aggressive but like a hey we can yeah. hear the conversations to the point of like just like making sure you're all good or is it just kind of like a hey we can hear a lot. I think you just say, hey, we can hear a lot. Yeah. We would appreciate it, blah, blah. You give them a heads up. Mm -hmm. Maybe they get really defensive. Maybe they're like, oh, wow, okay, sorry. But that's step one. Step two is I think you go to the apartment yeah. next and we're like, hey, these people are really loud. We've already Still approached continuing, them. yeah. Like, is there anything y'all can do? Mm -hmm. But you give them the opportunity to right the wrong first. Yep. Step three, I think is – you you really let the apartment handle it until it's like becomes out of control. I was gonna say step uh, unless you hear like actual uh, assault happening. Then Correct. It's, yeah. Step one is approach them unless with the caveat big asterisk here you hear like that worrisome things. Yeah. Like bang, abuse happening. Right. Uh, physical or emotional or like verbal, and then you go ahead and call the police because if you're hearing like fights and bickering you're like okay what uh whatever but like if you're hearing like screaming matches that you're like concerned for the well-being of one of the people in the house that's absolutely do not pass go whatever straight to collect yeah yes you you literally call the cops right then yes. because you're concerned about the welfare of them yeah but if you're if it's more like god they just won't shut the fuck up about like arguing about the who's cooking dinner or like whose turn it is to do the dishes or whatever. That's mm -hmm. like normal domestic arguments where people are like, Oh, like bickering, you know? Yeah, exactly. 
But domestic violence is a whole different situation. You go straight to the cops. Correct. So you, I don't have anything else to add. It's a perfect three-step program. Yeah. With the caveat. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any uh, segue to Nutrafol, but we're going to talk about them. Maybe they would be less bickery if they had like a full hair, skin, and nails. Maybe. Maybe. So they should try Nutrafol. 80 million men and women in the U.S. experience thinning hair, myself included. Yet, it's still not openly talked about. We're, we're changing the stigma here. Yeah. I'm talking about it. Right I've now. talked about it. Right now. I'm talking about it. Again. I lost a ton of hair after I gave birth. Yeah. Well, guess who can help? Yeah. Nutrafol. Millions of Americans experience thinning hair, and it's more common and actually just kind of normal. Not openly talked about, so going through it can feel lonely and frustrating, so it's time to change the conversation. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage for men and women. Sally, did you know there are multiple causes of thinning hair? Yes. Well, Nutrafol is the hair growth supplement that goes beyond genetics to target stress, hormones, nutrition, metabolism, aging, and lifestyle factors that may be impacting your hair. Stress was a big one for me. A lot, I started thinning when I was uh, anxiety-riddled in my yeah. early 20s. Got on some Nutrafol. We're good to go. Thinning hair is different for men and women, like I said. Uh, so Nutrafol has multiple unique formulas for men and women to provide exactly what they need based on their biology and age. And every formula is physician-formulated using natural medicine-grade uh, ingredients for reliable results without compromises. In clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after six months. And Nutrafol is trusted and recommended by more than 3,000 top doctors. Sal, you've had personal experience with Nutrafol, right? Yes, I have. So like I said, I lost a bunch of hair postpartum about eight months out. And unfortunately, there isn't a ton you can do to avoid the hair loss. Sure. Because it all has to do with like your estrogen and things like that. But giving yourself the best opportunity to build back good hair and like balance your hormones and your nutrients and things like that helped me have good hair growth when I was growing hair back. Kick so that I wouldn't your... have like it kickstarted it made it I felt like at least for me I noticed a difference in like the thickness of my hair after taking it um and that my hair growth was quicker than it normally would be mm -hmm. also it like helped my nails which was like a lovely side effect there you go um but has helped at least make me feel like my hair was way better than it was like for the first like month after I hair lost hair versus like now that I've been taking it Generation, no thinning. Yeah. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code MAILIN to save $10 off your first month's subscription. This offer is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. So uh, plus, get free shipping on every order. Get $10 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code MAILIN. Randy. Hey, Brett and Sally, got a uh, trash or not trash for you in a little bit of a predicament here. I uh, went to a wedding for some friends <clears throat> last weekend, and in some of the pictures, uh, the pictures that I look best in, the bride and groom don't. And the ones that they look best in, 
I'd rather not post. Uh, what do I do here? Do I have to honor them or can I flex? Thanks, bye. Do you have any sort of noble bride and groom, what's the word I'm looking for? Responsibility to post the picture where they look the best? No. No, you flex. No. Your Instagram is your Instagram. You pick you pick the pictures, you post the ones that look best of you. Mm -hmm. They're going to obviously post the ones where they look best regardless of whether or not your like eyes are closed. Yeah, it's not a home and home situation. Cuz you you're you're yeah, you're 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 flexing, you're stunting on your own gram. Yeah, I don't have really anything to add here. We don't have to. I do have a topic that's close by uh one one issue i have with wedding photos mm, okay is when people get married and then continue to post the photos for six to eight months after yeah like their wedding was the only event of the season and nothing else is going on in their lives I get that. I get that. I I know where people are coming from. They're obviously very expensive. A lot went into them. Um, somebody paid for them. There's a lot that it, you. It's rarely are we doing the whole Facebook album now, where Aunt Carol can get like the whole, the the entirety of your wedding yeah. in one thing. We're posting the Instagram, which is very distilled. So I get where they're coming from. I tend to agree with you. You get like you get the engagement, you get the bachelor party, you get the bachelorette party, you get the bridal shower, you get the wedding photo carousel, and yeah. that's I I don't that's the life event. I will mute you if you are using people's birthdays, mm -hmm. Mother's Day, Father's Day, National Cake Day, whatever it may be, to, mm -hmm. as an excuse to post your wedding photos. I think you get like a, a the statute of limitations for me is like you get the month after to like post your heart's desire, and then my give shit level plummets, like yeah immensely. And it, we all know the girl who like ten years later is mm -hmm. still using the pictures of her wedding where she's the bride to be like happy birthday Sarah, and it's like Sarah was a bridesmaid. Yeah. 10 years ago. Yep. You, like we don't – if you're that close with Sarah, you have new pictures with her, okay? Right. I also kind of have the mindset at this point where unless it's like an immediate family member and I'm talking about Will or Fritz, I'm not posting for people's birthdays anymore. Too many birthdays. Sorry. I, if I birthdays. attend your birthday event, I will post a story about it. Sure. But like maybe I'm selfish. Maybe I'm lazy. I don't know. I'm not doing the birthday post story post anymore. It, it has become a, and, and let me throw the entire female gender under the bus here. It's become like a female right of, of friendship right. to post a friend story and to get that repost. And it has not infiltrated the, the male side of things. I just, thank goodness, I, but it, 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 there it's is too many. Where's yeah. my line of like who I'm going to post for their birthday and who I'm not going to. Right. It's it's like is it the MySpace top eight? Is it the MySpace top twelve? I'm gonna be serious with you. I have trouble remembering people's birthdays because in we're general. not on Facebook anymore, and, so you, like, and you don't get alerted to people's birthdays. If I send you a birthday text, 
Congrats. Like my brain, yeah. my puny ass brain remembered what date it was that day and that it was your birthday. That's like two big steps for me. So I'm definitely not posting a picture of you and I to my own stories for your birthday. And I know that sounds bitchy and selfish, but like at this point, I just don't even care about social media enough to do that. I know. I, I And the only reason, shouts to all my guys out there. I'll shoot you a birthday text because I saw your immediate significant other Post a birthday. Correct. I'm like, oh, it's Beckwith's birthday today. Fuck, I gotta, I gotta text him. Literally texted shouts to Ryan, my friend Ryan, yesterday, yeah. because I, his wife Haley shouts to Haley. Yeah. Posted his birthday, and I knew it was like sometime in this vicinity of April. Yeah, I don't have April, the birthday roll it. But I was like, oh, okay, it's it's today. And let me shoot a text. Let me put a, Let me let me add to that. I'm not necessarily expecting 19 birthday texture stories either. Like I I get that we are we're past the Facebook era of like writing happy birthday on the wall. Although shouts to like the 40 people that still do every year. I really appreciate that. That is the only notifications on my Facebook timeline is like 2022, 2021. Happy birthday, Brad. Happy birthday. I'm like, you know what? Thank you guys for st- continuing. But I don't need the bir- – like I I get that we're all like somewhere in this vicinity. It's your birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Like you don't need to yeah. – we don't need to go there with it anymore. I texted a friend last year like a day late on her birthday and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Day got away from me. And she's like – Sally, we're 33. Yeah. I don't expect you to remember my birthday anymore. Yeah. We like, got we got stuff going. We, like we're adults. Mm-hmm. We're not eight-year-olds. I if I'm like around you or like you're one of my like best friends, I'm like probably gonna call you. Yeah. But like I totally I was like, thank God. Cause like honestly, do I give a shit who texts me for my birthday? Besides like my own family? Not really. No, but I do. I do like celebrating birthdays still. Oh, I, I love I, celebrating birthdays. I, I love, love to go to a birthday dinner. Love Absolutely to go to a birthday dinner. Me. Love Please. to go to a birthday party. Yeah. I think I'm going to do one this year. I have a birthday party. Uh, I think I'm going to. Like I haven't had a birthday party and I don't like I don't know how long. We have a our the, our Austin girls like group. Basically, the only time we get together is for everybody's birthday. So we like have yeah. like a dinner like every two months, mm-hmm. which just also shows how bad we are about hanging out together. But we. <laughs> We have like people are having babies and like, so we basically decided that the May, June, July birthdays are going to have one big event. One big And we're going to do a, a backyard hibachi situation for the the summer birthdays. Backyard hibachi fucking slaps. Because I was like, I don't, we don't even have like, literally I have two friends who are like due with babies like in May. So we're like, well, mm. we can't have it like then. For your birthday, because you're going to be like having a baby or like had just had a baby, so we're going to birthday for maternity it. ward. What's up? Yeah, we're going to push it a month, and we're going to have a big. They're going to push it in May too. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we'll push it in May, but then push it to June. Push party. Those are things, right? Or push 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 presents. Yeah. Very different things. Yeah. <laughs> push party. Happy happy push party. We're at the maternity ward with you with like a glass of champagne. Yeah. Uh yeah, please please stop using your wedding photos to commemorate other people. Agreed. I'll, like I'll, if you want to be shameless and post pictures of your wedding, like I don't care. But like stop literally using an excuse for everything. Like oh like it's Brett's birthday. I'm gonna like post a picture where Brett's like very much in the background, but I look awesome. I'm like out of focus. Yeah, they're like happy birthday, Brett. Like here's a picture of me and my husband, and you're like over there eating a hot dog. Like, no. Oh, I would love a hot dog wedding. Like, have a little hot, like a Coney Island stand. Yeah. It's a good Also, 29 this year, Sally. You're getting up there. Wow, huge. Big 2-9. Uh, lastly, 
resist the temptation on the wedding photos front to post the like the drafts. You know when you get the sneak peek and those go up immediately because you're like, oh, fuck, I got my wedding photos. They still have editing to do. They still need to be refocused and mastered. And that's when you get the multiple album posts. And it's like, okay, we the drafts very much have a watermark in the corner. You're not posting the best. You're getting a sneak peek. Let's hold off on the drafts. Maybe send those to Aunt Karen or Uncle Jim. Go for it. But if, but save the best for the post. Yeah. I just, I maybe I'm a cynical bitch. I just don't care anymore. Like when people are like, oh, hey, oh, got some oh, wedding oh, photos back. Like, don't post anything yet, though. And Ooh, I'm like, don't then anything. don't send it to me. And also, what makes you think that I was going to post something about your wedding? No offense. Love, if hashtag, I was going to post about it, I would have already posted the day of. Hashtag eat, drink, and be merriman. Yeah. Weekend 2020. Merry merrymans. <laughs> With a little champagne toast thing. Yeah. Oh, God. Are we are we mean? Are we mean? No, I think everyone on here knows that, like, I have, like, passed my wedding prime. <laughs> and I I just have too cynical about so, it. So it's washed. I am. I think I think I have like we we have a few weddings in front of us and now, but like mm -hmm. most of my friends are married and like none of them I get super worked up about at yeah. this point. Yeah, I know I get it. I get it. I'm I'm so happy to go to weddings. I love, love weddings. going to weddings. Fucking love weddings. I am over the shit that surrounds them that our society has made it. That's into. fair. That's fair. Man. But can't wait to answer another question about someone's bachelorette party right now. Let's do it. Do I have to attend somebody's bachelorette party? Who intended mine? For some backstory, I got married last year and had my bachelorette party in Vegas. My best friend of almost 20 years flew in from New York. Fast forward, her bachelorette party is this year in New York City, and I currently live in Portland, Oregon. So it's a pretty long haul for a long weekend. I just bought a house and closed about a month before her batch, so funds are pretty tight. I'm also going to Vegas the weekend after her batch, which was planned way before her party was. Her wedding is a month later in New York City. I obviously feel really bad because we've been friends since literally the first grade. We're almost 30. Is it a total dick move if I don't go? I had someone cancel on me the week before my bachelorette, so I know the feeling of someone backing out, and it sucked. Yeah. Where, where do you, you? You're looking at me like you're about to murder me. No, you gotta go. Oh, I th that's. I thought you were gonna say you can bail. No, I. Oh, I like, think you have to go. I, I know that people think that I'm like, mm, fuck it, skip. Yeah. But like, I'm sorry. We you have gotta... made this transaction. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, it sounds like you already said yes, and now are feeling like you might back out. If you already said yes, barring like a literal family emergency or like, right, you're ill. Like, I think that that. It is shitty to back out. Mm -hmm. If you know ahead of time, like the bachelorette parties I haven't gone to, I literally have like said no up front, been like, hey, I'm so sorry. Like we've got something going on that weekend or like one of them I didn't go to because I was in school and had like four tests the next week. Yeah. One of them I didn't go to because it was like my grandpa's 80th or birthday and we had like this full family reunion. Shouts to grandpa. Yeah. Um, Like I can't, one of them, my last girlfriend who got married, I couldn't go to because I was in a wedding in Italy. So like, good excuse. Already had that planned. So when the when the thing came out, like, what weekends are you available? Not available this weekend. You make it known up front. That's not an option for me. Yeah. 
uh, or when it's getting planned, hey, it's really not in the budget for me. All that's fine. But if you've already said yes, and she's your best friend of 20 years, there backing are- out now is, and to me, I don't, the trip was planned before. Okay. But if the trip was planned before, then you say during the planning of the bachelorette party, like, hey, I'm not really available the weekend before, the weekend after, because we already have this trip planned and I can't take two weeks, two weekends off. Yeah. And I think just even if she hasn't said yes and she's still kind of mulling this over, there are a few instances in life where stretching maybe a budget makes sense to me. I'm the ultimate life is short person. I've had some personal experience with life being too short. So I'm kind of of the ilk that you do the thing that's going to make you happy, fun, yeah. enjoy, uh, uh, fill that friendship cup. Yeah. A couple things here. She's gone to yours. She's gone to your wedding. She's a 20 year, but this is not a a work bestie. This is not a college roommate. This is a first grade best friend, best friend. That's the difference for me because uh, whether or not somebody attended yours or went to your wedding, do I need to go to their wedding? That's not always a one-to-one reciprocation thing Mm for me. We've talked about this in the past. I know, but like all, all other extenuating circumstances, if this is someone's bachelorette, like you said, you're just like, it's a work friend or it's an old college friend. Oh, and like, totally fine to, to. You're like, I really only have the bandwidth to go to the wedding or the bachelorette, but not right. both. It's your best friend. And you don't have anything going on that weekend besides like, it's going to be kind of inconvenient for you. It's not like, I know I got shit for this, but like, it's not like you have a, a law school graduation that day. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're, you know, uh, you're, niece's baptism and you're the godmother it's like oh this is going to be kind of inconvenient and, and i don't want to purely upright a, a purely financial hindrance and you're not you haven't lost your job you know you haven't there's there's nothing dire i get that you've bought a house and there's a they're like stretching money is inconvenient yeah. uh but money is money and money will here's come what back here's why okay. i think you have to go because to the friend if you say hey and even even if you're in the planning stages right now and you're kind of thinking like, hey, I'm going to tell her no, I haven't said yes yet. To the friend going, hey, I can't like I can't swing it. And then you go to Vegas the next weekend. Oh. That, it's like, oh, OK, so you could go to Vegas, but you couldn't. You couldn't swing mine. Right. That is a all time bad luck. I think that that's a bad look. I, I mean, again. Is Vegas you're going for someone's wedding like that's a non miss like can't miss this, whatever. But I, if you don't have like a great excuse of like, this is like, was already planned in advance. We cannot miss it. Blah, blah, blah. So sorry. It's the weekend before. But I think if it's like, we're just going to Vegas for fun, then if you're planning between the two, it just doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look good to turn down a, somebody's bachelor, bachelorette party. And then for money reasons or for time constraints and then go on a totally different trip a week apart. Mm-hmm. That just tells the other person, like, unless you're like, again, if the trip is Italy or Hawaii or whatever, and you're like, we have had this booked for a month, not a month, sorry, a year. We can't cancel it. It's like a full blown thing, but it's yep. Vegas. Like you can go to Vegas a different weekend. Agreed. If it isn't Italy though, 
Or like a different, like Mexico. Kind of a good opportunity to use Babbel, in my opinion. Yeah. Babbel is a software that helps you learn a second language. For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college was not exactly a high point in our academic careers. Four years of French, and now I'm a, a point-and-shoot Frenchman. Bleu. Bleu blanc. Uh, it's not good. You need to get rouge. on Rouge. That's not... I guess that was close. I'm, I'm pointing out colors and just that's all I got. On du toi, car cinq, six, sept, huit, neuf, dix. That's that's about all, all I got. Anyway, thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions, there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. Whether you'll be traveling around abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family, or you might just have some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. Babbel's 15-minute Lessons make the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Plus, their expertly crafted lessons are built around real life. You learn how to have practical conversations about travel, relationships, businesses, and more. Other language learning apps use AI for the lessons plans. But Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. And there are more than 14 languages to choose from, including Spanish, Spanish, French, Italian, and German. So many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash mail. Again, that's babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash mail for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel is language for life. Last one, Sal. Yeah, you want me to read it? Sure. Listening to the most recent mail-in and the question about leftovers got me thinking, what's your power rankings of leftover foods that are just as good the second time around? Mm -hmm. Number one, Thanksgiving mac and cheese. Okay, so you know the trick with rewarming mac and cheese, right? A little olive oil? No, a little milk. You put oh. it in a pan and then you put – because the, the issue with pasta, any pasta that you're like eating the next day is that the pasta noodle itself absorbs all the sauce. So you need to add moisture to like give it that back so it's not Correct. just like a brick yeah. of pasta. Of course. So mac and cheese especially, you can add some milk while it's like in the pan mm. to like make it – the sauce like creamy again. Interesting. Okay. I am of the like – down to eat cold leftovers, uh-huh. pizza, pasta, mac and cheese, yeah. et cetera. I can go in raw and cold, like no problem. Now, there's the camp that's like get the pan out, get the oven going, heat it back up, do that. And I've had that, like especially with pizza. You get the pan out, you put it back on the pan, put it on the stove. It turns out fantastic. You know what actually is the best for reheating pizza? What's that? An air fryer. Oh. You get a little crispy on the bottom, cheese melty on the top. Okay. I eat cold pizza. I don't have a problem with cold pizza. I, I enjoy a good slice of cold pizza. Yeah. I I eat mac – I have to rewarm mac and cheese, I think. Too congealed for me. D- don't disagree. I do I do that as well. For me, though, it's, it's more a microwave situation. Yeah. Where, like, I'm getting the lava hot outer crust and I want the cold center, like okay. the cold dead center. So, so number one for you is speed, mostly. No, but I'm talking about your number one best 
leftovers. leftovers. Oh, it's, well, pizza. Well, Thanksgiving mac and cheese specifically because it's my dad's recipe, uh-huh. which is my like my favorite bite of food of all time. Yeah, that's number one. But it's a, a number one that is rarely used. Right, which I, I think puts it on a pedestal. I think Thanksgiving leftovers. I wasn't even thinking about that, and then when you said it, I was like, "That's a quality one." Because honestly, I love a Thanksgiving leftovers the next day. Like I make it like a smattering like bowl situation. Okay, you have a Thanksgiving bowl. Yeah. So the number one tip for Thanksgiving leftovers is either make a shit ton of extra gravy, or if you're lazy like me, and you have like a good grocery store that has like pre-made gravy like mm. do yourself a favor and just buy some like i go to central market buy gravy and it's like in our fridge no one's touching it that's for leftovers specifically you have left you have you have you're planning a meal for after the meal right and then when we like go have thanksgiving at my parents house mm-hmm. i don't even like because we always run out of gravy there's like a bajillion of us so yeah. we're like we get like the turkey and the dressing and then my mom makes this like it's I would say it's like a cauliflower broccoli au gratin situation, but it's kind of its own like dish situation. I think I've heard about this before. We've yeah. I've talked about it at yeah. length, but it's like that is so good leftover. Mm-hmm. Then like the mashed potatoes. And so I like sm- pile all that in to a bowl, warm it up in the microwave again, speed, and then just drizzle that shit with gravy like all around and then yeah. just eat it like in like one big like power bowl mash situation. I like that. I like that. I also have started making really delightful leftover Thanksgiving sandwiches. That's where I was going with the Thanksgiving stuff. If it's not the mac and cheese, I'm throwing that turkey. I'm going to bust a bitch and put it on a sandwich. You got the sourdough bread. Yep. You do the turkey. You get like a layer of cranberry sauce. You put this on after the toasting, though, by the way. You got to do the cranberry after. You get cheese, mm-hmm. mashed potatoes, maybe a little dressing. And then you toast that up. Like I toast up open face on it in an oven, oh, put it okay. together, put some cranberry sauce in there. And then you use the gravy as like an au jus dipping situation. Yep. That's, I you got my mouth watering over here. So that's a great move. Yeah. Um, that's number one for me. Cause it, it is, it's the, you're, you only do it like once a year. Maybe you get some Christmas dinner leftovers. Sure. If you do it at traditional Christmas dinner with like a turkey and stuff. I, like I know sometimes we do that for Christmas dinner and sometimes we do like a full on like we do it like roast. a pot roast. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. With so it it just totally depends on like what we made. Uh my second power ranking I think is going to be chili and or things in the like sauce chili nature. Uh so a, a soup perhaps. I chili specifically because I think chili gets better as it like has time to absorb the flavors. I mean, that's why you're supposed that. to simmer yep. chili forever. But like, I think chili the next day is good. Things like Indian food or Thai food with like stuff with that's sitting in sauce, like a chicken tikka, uh, something like that, yeah, that, that has is going to be sort of marinade. Exactly. Yeah. Is going to be better the next day, even if you mic it and throw it on top of some rice. Did you call it nuking it back in the day? I've never nuked. I mean, I, yes, I know what nuking is, but no, we don't. That was, just... that was the non grata in our house. That was just, that's how it was. Hey, can you nuke this? Yeah. 30 seconds. Pizza's probably an obvious number two for me. I think this, for me, pizza totally depends on what the toppings are. Okay. 
Fair. Because like Pine House has a pizza that I love that's like basically like a supreme situation mm-hmm. that almost the next day cold is like the crust has fallen apart under the weight of the toppings. Uh, and then it's like a goopy situation. That's that can but like, happen. If I just get like a solid piece of like pepperoni jalapeno, that is always top always notch. Close. The more the more toppings you have, and generally the more like if you're getting arugula, perhaps or yeah, something like, kind of an out there situation, that's not going to be as good as a as a straight up classic slice of, of pep. Yeah. Via does a great job with leftovers. Actually, man, really any pizza place. Home slice. Really. See, I would argue that Detroit style pizza is harder to have leftover because of the way that the crust is. Yeah, it, it's it gets tougher for sure. Yeah. Especially when you do it cold. Yeah. You that is a like must warm up for me, I feel like. Get it. I get it. Sometimes I'm just I get home just like down the hatch. Can't I don't I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. Um I'm trying to think. The only thing I really stay away from is like a Seafood, I'm not I'm not rocking okay, the next day. Seafood and any sort of salad is an absolute no yeah. with the caveat of if you have a salad that is made with like cabbage mm-hmm. or kale, honestly, that might even be better the next day with dressing on it. Because oh, those, the dressing gets into the pores. So like an Asian yeah. chicken salad or something. Okay. Okay. Uh, like that, like, you know, that. The lettuce is like thick enough to like hold on to that and yeah. almost gets better because it's like so a little softer, but not like when you're eating a next day Caesar or something and like right. the lettuce is just like wilty and kind of like, yeah, it's kind of, it kind of passed its prime. Gross. I don't really do, uh, I'll do chicken, no problem, but I'm, I'm not really rocking with like a steak the next day. Okay, here's here's what you do for leftover steak, especially yeah. if you take home steak from a nice steak restaurant, which like probably doesn't happen a lot for you, but like when Will and I go get steak or something, like I'm not always like pounding the whole thing. So if you have a nice piece of steak, even if it's like medium nice, okay, especially mm-hmm. this also depends on how it was cooked. Okay. It needs to be medium rare or rare. Okay. I'm like a medium rare girl. Really, I should be like a medium girl because like sometimes medium rare is too rare for me. But the next day you put it in the fridge, okay? The next day you thinly slice it, like thin. Okay. Drizzle it with some either good olive oil or if you have a little truffle oil, and I'm saying mm. little bit. Sure. And Can't over truffle. And then you put Maldon salt on, like flaky salt. Okay. And you just eat that shit cold. Boom. So good. Tartars almost. Yeah. Interesting. I'll I will have to try it. Yeah. Thinly because sliced. Because like w- you're not heating up a steak. That's the thing. It's just it's like, gonna be good again. No. Like because n- it's gonna get weird, right? Mm-hmm. You're just like you can't microwave that. You can't put it back in the pan because it's like the center is gonna be weirdly weird. like solid frozen, and then yeah. the outside's gonna be way too overcooked. You're not recreating the 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 steak from the night before. Sure. So you gotta. Find new ways to use it. So either like eat it cold on top of a salad, like sliced up, yep. or eat it like really thinly sliced, little olive oil, little baldon salt. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I will have to try that. Next time I get a nice steak. Are there any like leftover desserts that you're like, fuck yeah, I'll eat that? Most desserts no, I, like lend themselves. I like You're sort of rocking with with leftover dessert. They're sort of almost made to be yeah, like a multi-day cheesecake, a pumpkin situations. pie. Yeah, pie. The one issue, though, like we currently are facing this, is we had birthday cake at Fritz's party. Sure. 
put it in the fridge and it's mm-hmm. like that shit dries out way too fast. Yeah. The especially like the end piece. Yeah. Like, I'm always like, slicing the little tiny like kind of the buffer like, zone. <laughs> yeah. Like just so dry and crumbly. Not not great. Not Buffalo good. chicken dip is a good uh, leftover one for me. Yeah, I'm gonna throw that in the in the mix. Anything that's gonna like take on the flavor of the sauce around it, it's always a good idea. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah, yeah. Good episode, Sally. Any shower thoughts before we get out of here? Well, my shower thought was about the flavored water. Right, flavored water. Not a fan. Where what are we coming to as a country? Stop doom scrolling flavored water, folks, and subscribe yeah. to the uh, to the Melon Podcast. Rate five stars, review, tell a friend about the show. Hit the hotline number 888-362-MAIL. That is 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at Mailin Podcast. Sally, where can the folks find you? Sally DeFreeze on Instagram and Twitter. I am Brett Merriman at Schmerriman on both those platforms. We'll see you all next week. Bye.